developing partnerships and relationships. What would you say to people in companies who feel like another corporation might be able to like basically one hand washes the other help level up? encourage them to have those conversations there's a uh, there's a marathon saying um if you want to go fast go alone but if you want to go farther go together yeah. something like that yeah and i think the partnerships that we have and the those that we developed uh, allow our community not just allied services and our residents and our patients to go farther so I feel really strongly, I know we do for years, about building relationships that help everybody. It's a win-win then. But you wanna, go, you wanna go fast, go alone. If you wanna go farther, we go together. Hey friends, hey friends. it's the Ryan Leckie Show. What is going on, peeps? Welcome back. I'm super stoked to have somebody who I've known for a number of years, and I swear we have the same attention span, right? <laughs> the attention span of a hummingbird, and that's why I love this guy. <laughs> the vice president of Allied Services, uh, one of Pennsylvania's largest nonprofits, yes. the one and only Jim Brogna. How you doing? It's great to see you. Great to be with you. Yeah, we're really pumped because, you know, the whole goal of this show, right, to inform, entertain, have some fun, but you have been doing a lot of interesting projects lately that I wanted to dive into, not only just with your role at Allied, but mm -hmm. also, like, in your personal life because you're so involved in the world of fundraising for so many groups. But I think the big thing for people who see this right away, we want them to know the takeaway, you know, Jim's going to offer some great tips as far as if you ever have a loved one, this is such a difficult decision with yeah. aging parents. Yes. Uh, how do you figure out where and how to choose some, uh, a special place for somebody right. for short and long-term care, care, right? At what point if somebody in your life has suffered a stroke or a spinal cord injury or something and they're not making the progress they need, like how do you go about getting the right rehab? Because yeah. people are constantly calling you who might've been to other facilities and stuff and be like, how do we get in there, right? And also you have been fighting in Harrisburg to help improve a ton of things when it comes to I want to say the world of like what patient treatment, medic, it involves Medicare, yeah. all sorts yeah. of stuff, right? We're yeah. going to unpack all Great. of that. Just so the takeaway, because I think the thing that a lot of people are fed up with in this day and age where everyone pays so much money for health insurance, we feel like we're getting screwed all the time, uh, right? Yeah. So we're going to unpack that. But first, let's talk about, I guess, just your role at Allied, because this is not just, I want to say like an Allied story today. This is more than that. It's about informing and giving people some news you can use content to make yeah. tough choices, especially yeah. if you have to have a loved one go into short or long-term care. But how did you get into the world of like healthcare and everything? Well, it's it's uh, surreal. I'm, I'll be entering my 25th year. You so started when you were 10. I was 10. Uh, it's hard to believe like a quarter of a century that of my time I've spent with Allied. So I really believe in Allied services. Allied is 65 years old this year. Wow. Started in 1958. Uh, and started very differently, much the same way my career started very differently. Like I had a passion, uh, much the same way you did for broadcasting. I love sports. You know, I'm a sports yeah, fanatic. Yeah. And I wanted to go into broadcasting slash journalism. And I had all these relations in the industry years ago. Uh, but what I found is you don't get paid a lot to work in broadcasting. Yeah, you don't, you don't go into TV for the money. <laughs> and, uh, and I have my $6.75. <laughs> hourly wage I used to make at my first TV job as I, proof. Well, yeah. The most important thing is you're exactly right. Uh, I had, I was four twenty five an hour. Yeah. You're killing for, it for a, for a, yep. a while. And I, I realized I, I was getting married. I needed to change my career path and someone introduced me to the world of nonprofit. Yeah. Um, I've always been a really super passionate person. That's another thing we share. You talked about our attention deficit disorder, but I'm yeah. Very passionate about certain things. Yeah, we'll get to because yeah. how you and I initially met, I should stress. 
so we don't bear the lead is through Ryan's run. When yep. I worked at WNAP TV for 17 years, you and I connected, helped launch this charity campaign, and we stayed in touch as it's evolved as well. And we'll come back yep. to what you're doing yep. with it. But somebody, you got exposed to the world of healthcare, the nonprofit yes. sector. What did you love about it? And and you just, I know you just kept growing in it as well. Yeah, um, you're working for a purpose and not for a person. I love working for Allied. I feel like we have such a purpose. Yeah. And the purposes are different for different people because Ally does so much for, for different levels of care. Um, and then you're not counting the hours of the day. Like people say, you're constantly working. My wife, my family say, you're constantly working. I feel like there's not enough time in the day to get the things done that we want to get done because someone always needs us. And I think not only through Allied, your work, but gosh, you were involved in so many other nonprofits yeah. and boards. And, and, and we'll kind of unpack that. Yeah. But to give people a snapshot, if they don't live in Pennsylvania, maybe they haven't heard about Allied Services. Yes what's your sort of elevator speech for what do you do and entails so yeah. much but give me a snapshot of the organization so allied started as they said 1958 a group of concerned citizens in northeast pennsylvania came to this collaboration that formed the alliance that is allied services and the alliance was three other nonprofit organizations that shared one employee who had an expertise in working with people on the vocational side you know we still do that today yeah. um it was it was a it was so far ahead of its time and we should stress and when you say vocational side mm -hmm. you are really working with people in the community and making sure people maybe who might have disabilities yes. are employed and are thriving that's exactly it yeah. and that, that existed and and for for those with different disabilities and intellectual disabilities it existed in the late uh, 50s when Allied was formed, and that has evolved significantly over time because some people that still work in our vocational program work in a, a, a public environment. They may work for another company, but under the supervision of Allied and with our training and our, our supports, but vocational is different for different people and different needs. That formation of Allied Little did those original uh, community members realize that it was the beginning of a future of an organization that has always looked at what are the needs in the community, how could we address it, and how could we do it as good as any or better than anybody, not only in this region, but in the country. And so we've looked at things like rehabilitation, physical rehabilitation. In the 60s, when we first started forming physical rehabilitation, you went through it physically with your shoulder, we had to educate the entire region about the importance of physical rehabilitation because it really didn't exist. So our medical director at that time, Dr. Michael Aronica, um, he started his career with Allied. Uh, actually, he started as a physician and went back for to become a physical medicine specialist. And then he started educating the community about the importance of physical medicine, physical rehabilitation. And in the 60s and 70s, that all evolved into our inpatient rehab hospital, um, the opportunity for to treat people in different physical environments. Um, and, uh, you know, I said every other stop along the way, whether it was housing, human services, uh, rehabilitation, skilled nursing, home care, hospice care, it's always been looking at the needs in the community and how could Ally do it as good or better than anyone and still be a nonprofit reinvesting our people in our places? And that's been Allied's mission for 65 years. And, and an amazing team behind it. How many people employed with Allied right now? We're between 3,000 3, and 3,500. And that's, wow. that's a variety of, you know, some people are part-time employees. Some people work for this new agency that we started, the Integrated Staffing, which is an opportunity for uh, nurses and other clinicians to get paid a premium. You heard this thing about agency for nurses. Uh, during the pandemic, we were looking for agency to fill in voids in our, there was no one available. 
or the price was outrageous. So we started our own agency called Integrated Staffing, and you're cross-trained to work in different allied environments. You could sleep in your own bed, you get the highest rate, but you're also caring for the people in the greatest need in the allied system. I want to come back to inpatient, right? I know even when I moved here before you and I ever worked together, meeting so many people who yeah. suffered the unimaginable, yeah. right? Spinal cord injuries, the losing the ability to walk, right? Uh, strokes. Tell me about the inpatient wheelhouse you guys have. Yeah. What does that look like? When Because you are you have hospitals, and they yes. specialize in literally helping people get their life back. This is more than just going into a hospital for a surgery. This is sort of the next step if somebody had surgery, say, from a spinal cord injury, right, to get back on their feet. Yeah. Uh, first of all, let me establish this fact that Allied has our Allied Services Rehabilitation Hospital in Scranton and our rehabil Rehabilitation Hospital in Wilkesbury, which is known as the John Hines Rehab Hospital, was founded in 1982. Um, there was a time where you had to know, everybody said you had to know somebody to get into Allied's rehab hospitals. They were they, they're premier hospitals. The expertise, the clinical experience, the technology, the training, yeah. and the outcomes. Inpatient rehab is the gold standard for rehabilitation. If you're coming out of a hospital or you're having a, an issue, you should seek that gold standard first. And if your insurance doesn't cover it or if there's an issue, why, we may put you in a different level of care. But Allied has all the levels of care, and we're always going to do what's best for the patient, their families, their needs. And that's the beauty of choosing Allied services and, and the appropriate uh, level of care. But the inpatient rehab hospital, just before the pandemic, our Scranton Rehab Hospital was ranked number one in the country. That's impossible. That's huge. And who is that ranking by? And the, it's U, uh, UDSMR. It's a medical rehabilitation. All the medical rehabilitation, 700-something rehab hospitals in the country had to submit data, and we were ranked number one in the country. And our Wilkesbury Rehab Hospital wasn't far behind. Yeah. But they take the most challenging, you said it, brain injury, spinal cord injury, strokes, all neurological conditions. We're seeing more and more Parkinson's patients. Yeah. And you take the clinical expertise, the passion to give them the greatest possible independence, the training, the technology, and provide the best possible outcome. That's inpatient rehabilitation. And so we say it's the gold standard. Uh, so Allied's been known by those services for many, many years. But when you say rank number one in the country, right, for rehab, for rehab hospitals, yes. I want to say, I remember, I think it was probably nine or ten years ago when we were working in the Ryan's Run capacity. Yeah. We can always come back to that. Yeah. You had New York City homicide detectives yes. who suffered, I think it was a stroke, stroke. who came there for rehab, New, who left New York City to come to, to come there. So I think that's a true testament on it what is. you guys bring to the table. I think you, you had, we had shared before the, the discussion um, um, people thinking they have to go out of town. Yeah. We have many people coming into town to choose our inpatient rehab hospitals or our skilled nursing or our hospice and all these other levels of care because we have the highest standard for these services. So we realize that there are reasons why people may go to another community outside the area, but we feel very confident in our people, our facilities, our technology, that we provide the greatest outcomes. And that's why people will choose to come here. Um, so again, I ran into somebody the other day who just lost a loved one and talked about 50 years ago, her husband had suffered a spinal cord injury and everybody said you had to go out of town there's a, a rehab hospital in denver it was a premier rehab hospital and he chose to stay here i could tell you a million stories like that had the best outcome had the greatest family support because they were all in this area and uh never regretted a day of the the rehab that we were able to provide right here in northeast pa 
Let's come back to uh, those harder discussions we mentioned, like when when families who see this, right, if they have a loved one who suffered a spinal cord injury or a stroke um, or have to make that decision to mm -hmm. put someone they really care about into short or long-term care. Yes. Tell me about some of those conversations you've had with families and what is what are, what's, what are your tips and advice? Because that is not an easy, easy decision, right? To take it's, maybe your aging parents yeah. out and put, put them in a shorter long-term care if they need it. It is not an easy decision and every circumstance is different. So sometimes they're, they do call me, I don't have any clinical experience, but I know the right people to reach out to internally yeah. at Allied that could do that assessment. Our medical directors, our case managers, our, so, you know, our social workers, our teams that do those assessments will always put the patient and their loved ones in the best possible circumstance. Uh, Bill gets them, Bill Conaboy, our president and CEO. They wanna call someone that knows what to do or knows the right people to help them in those environments. And usually these are, these are challenging. These are people in the hospital locally or out of town and they need to get back to the area and they have no idea how to start this process. So we could spend all the time in the world educating people on social media, uh, in traditional media, in person, until you're, go you're in that experience with your loved one. You need somebody to address it that minute. What's your insurance? What do I need? What do I qualify for? What do you have? Those are the questions that they have. And it's, uh, it's like we need a 24 hour hotline ready for the person when they experience those challenges. Because sometimes you don't have a lot of time to think about no. it. Hospitals need to get people out of the hospital, and that's a huge responsibility. So if you're there for a couple of days and that's all they're going to keep you, they need to find that next level of care. And that's when we started talking about what is allied. We're everything on that next level of care. We have it all. Yeah. Nursing home, rehab, hospice if needed, home care, we have it all. Springboarding off of what you said of a lot of, you know, the programs you have going on, and then you talked about insurance and this and that. Tell me about some of the sort of the fights or your mission yeah. underway in Harrisburg, because yeah. you have been such an advocate for Allied, but I think so many things related to the, the healthcare industry. Yes. What are you doing in Harrisburg, and what what's kind of broken in the system that you're trying to help fix? You, you, you give me the incentive to want to talk about this. Uh, we're a nonprofit. We serve everybody in this community. And when you talk about the aging that are qualified for Medicare and medical assistance or Medicaid, that's a state program that there's money in those state budgets to cover long-term care. I know the dedication, the commitment, the fight that our long-term care people have put in since the start of the pandemic. They sacrificed their families to be with people in our long-term care. And so I knew that we needed, we knew as a part member of the Pennsylvania Healthcare Association that we needed to take this to fight to the state to say we need an increase in those Medicaid reimbursements. Last year in the state budget, we fought for this Medicaid inc rate increase and, and, and other variables that enhance the quality of life for people in long-term care in skilled nursing environments. It was a fight for the whole state, though. They had not increased that rate since 2014. What has not increased in nine years? So we finally had an appropriate rate increase, really not even to get ahead, but to start to catch up. So you're trying to keep the, the highest quality staff. You want to train them with the highest quality training. You want to reward them for a, a great job uh, and also give them all the benefits that they deserve. But you need the right reimbursement. When a high percentage of our region goes through Medicare or Medicaid, 
we need to be have that reimbursement appropriately because you can't just adjust that from facility to facility. It's a state-driven rate. And so we needed to have that rate increase. We were fortunate last year. We need the rate increased again this year to keep up with the, the demand and, and the cost, this escalating costs in this economy. Yeah, and coming back to what you said, obviously, as a nonprofit, right, and a, a sort of a, a system that does it all, right? How do you as a nonprofit organization try to compete with regular corporations, mm -hmm. especially salaries that are being paid to nurses yeah. and, and staff members? I know that that's something facing a lot of nonprofits around the country. It is. Uh, I will say this, though, and again, I talked about in the beginning, working for a purpose and not people, though. Uh, the interesting thing about it is we're always investing everything we possibly can back in our employees, their salaries, the rates, um, their benefits. Uh, but they also, we also continue to remind those that are with us and those that are seeking new careers, leaving another healthcare system, coming to work for us, is that you're going to have purpose. And a lot of people felt like they lost connection during the pandemic working in healthcare because it was a rat race. It was so frustrating. And we're trying to reestablish with our own people, certainly, but with new prospects to work with us at Allied Services that will reconnect you to your purpose in life and, and with healthcare or with our human services. And you will feel rewarded. You're also going to earn a, a good salary. Nonprofit doesn't mean you don't get paid, but at the same time, we're putting everything into our people, our facilities, our training, our technology. I also want to clear up any rumors, right? Like there's a lot of healthcare companies and any organization yeah. that has to do restructuring, right? Because yes. businesses have cycles. Sometimes they're up, they're down, yeah. right? And you have to adapt so you don't have to close. Right. So for you guys, tell me about some of the restructuring. How how are those just difficult decisions made? Yeah. And ultimately, you know, a lot of the buzz I saw on social media, people were like, they got rid of their whole pediatric yeah. program, which was such a unique thing. So yeah. let's clear up the confusion. Yes, uh, uh, we had a we had an assessment after three years of the pandemic financially, and looked at some of the challenges operationally and financially because every one of our programs functions independently and successfully. Mm -hmm. Nonprofit, you still need money to operate as a nonprofit, and we had to do a, a, a staff reshuffling. We repurposed staff in other areas of Allied. So, so from the public's perspective, some people were, well, Ryan isn't here anymore. No, because we needed him over here to deliver the same quality care. So for example, a lot of people that were delivering care in our inpatient rehab, and we did have some staff reductions to, uh, to function operationally, and our goal was sustainability for the long-term future. But we also had the opportunity for some of those people to go over and work in our skilled or long-term care environments where we desperately need great people. And the reimbursements might not be equal, so the salaries were a little bit different, but we gave people the opportunity to reinvent their careers and, and be in other levels of care. You mentioned pediatrics. Last year, we had 33,000 pediatric therapy visits. So those pediatrics, they don't live with us. They live with their families, and they come day-to-day -day for different services, PT, OT, speech, uh, socialization programs, et cetera. And some of the coolest kids out there, I have some to say, because I've, I've gotten to visit Allied, yeah. right, when the pediatric gyms were thriving yes. when we did Ryan's Run Stories. And gosh, these kids, and, and so strong. And pediatrics yeah. is still thriving, but it's looking a little bit different. You know, we had to do some adjustments for sustainability.
So the child tomorrow that is uh, born in this area with a disability and needs us for the long-term future, our goal is sustainability, and we have that path going forward, both in terms of fundraising for the program, reinvestment in our staff and our facilities, and even the scheduling of pediatrics. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, um, we are going to be here for the long-term future, treating children with a variety of disabilities and injuries, but it might look a little bit different. And certainly the families that were with us for a long time may have had their schedules adjusted and they may have gotten upset a staff member was repurposed in another area or moved on. But the reality is, is for those next children being born or injured in this community, Allied's going to be there for the rehabilitation needs and our sustainable plan is, is fully underway. Let's come back to the word fundraising. Mm. How important is that for a nonprofit and an organization of your size? Because I think when people see it, right? Oh, why do they need to do yeah. fundraising? Look at look at all their buildings. Big look buildings, at all their fancy technology. Why is that so important? And ultimately, what was one of the biggest fundraising initiatives you ever worked on with Allied? It was uh, Ryan's Run. W it was our run. It, was it was the campaign it, by far and oh, well, away. I had to ask in honesty because no, you do so that. many different things. Yeah, I think some organizations, some nonprofit organizations. First of all, let me distinguish the difference in fundraising, annual campaigns that benefit and are constantly reinvested into operations, people, technology. That's what we do. We do a lot of that. There are some organizations, much larger nonprofits in this area and around the country, that build their endowment. So they're putting money away for a rainy day, and they only use a percentage of that money. Um, we have an endowment, but that's not has not been our focus traditionally. Mm -hmm. Some people might leave us in their will. Yeah, I loved Allie. They changed my life or my child's. Life. I've seen it in the papers, and they'll leave I, it yes. in their leave, or they'll ask for memorial gifts. Yes. Hospice changed the end of our life. It was such high quality. Please make gifts in memory of so and so. Um, but I would say that the most successful campaign was in 2010 when I reached out to you. We, we very, I, I knew you, you didn't know me that well. And we had the chance to join, the, then it was the ING New York City Marathon. Now it's the TCS New York City Marathon. And I said, how would you like to run? I think we had- Do you remember the first phone call? Yeah. Yeah. Like it was yesterday. What do you remember from that? Because I remember where, it, I got a crazy story around yeah. that. I sent you the graphic of what I thought was you. You were on fire running <laughs> and you had all these people chasing you. And this and caricature. I, yeah, caricature. Yeah. And I said, I think this is something that we want to explore. We hope you'll be seriously considered running a marathon. I couldn't even dream of running a marathon back then. So I didn't know if you were willing to take this leap. Right. And we also didn't know at that time if the station would allow you and your involvement. Um, but I remember the conversation. I'm sure it was more of me pleading but i said that we have spots guaranteed spots in the new york city marathon will you lead this team and uh and we I, should say it was that was like ryan's run year one, one. and the enticing part of that oh campaign God. from the get-go and a shout out there was a guy steve davidowitz from dallas pennsylvania who initially approached you with this yeah. idea and said jim i know adelaide is always doing fundraising and like innovative yes. efforts right to invest in new technology support the team etc he's like this is something crazy so then one thing led to the next you call me i'll never forget it i was at the pocono raceway <laughs> covering like nascar for the weekend or getting people hyped up yeah. right for the big event and i'm on the track and you're like hey it's jim i got this idea and you're starting yeah. to talk to me and i'm thinking like a marathon i'm not gonna be able to yeah. do this but i think for me that's where i realized like there was a part of my life that was missing more purpose yeah. right because every day and i think no matter what industry you work in you get up you go to work you yeah. do your thing people collect their paychecks but i also thought this could be this chance maybe to use what i'm doing in a morning show platform to actually maybe maybe make a little impact right i would say a little impact but it's hard to believe that year we had five spots you and four others 
you took the the challenge. We created the full time caricature that was Brian's run, yeah. and uh, and from, then for twelve years I was a part of it. Yeah, twelve years we raised more than four four point five million dollars. Yeah, close to five million dollars. Yeah. It was crazy. But I think the the commendable thing was just the people who supported the cause. I mean, look, I was happy to be help be the face of it, right? But I think it was the amazing people over the years who joined the team because you started with, you know, when you had Ryan's Run 1, five people, and then we grew to a team of 50, and then it was like 75 spots right. where we're taking people into the TCS New York City Marathon yeah. to run like the world's biggest block party, and it was insane, <laughs> but there was fundraising around it. But I think the most rewarding part of all of that was the, the stories we got to oh. do afterward with you guys to really show some of the insane cool technology that... People only thought you can get in big cities. No way. You could get right in northeastern and central That's Pennsylvania. What, we invested every penny, not in salaries, but in technology. Yeah, for the campaign. Services. That's what it was earmarked yeah. for. And and again, you know uh, the, the transition um, uh, in changing the name. No one ever wants to change a brand that's yeah. so powerful. And by the way, we should clear up because people thought things went south. Like when I decided to go take a, yeah. a different career path and go shoot my shot in a new adventure, yeah. right? I have to say... You know, I kept you guys in the loop, yeah. I think, a year before I left, it. right? And I was like, hey, things could be changing. And, you know, the WNEP, the station, they were just, the management team was phenomenal to yeah. me. And they were like, if you want to stay on it. But we looked at it was the best for you guys to rebrand yes. into what it is today. It yeah. still has the same mission, team, same cause. Team Allied Services and you. Team Allied Services and you. And I think what is so great, I think even ever since the campaign started for Allied and then it has the new name, your your mission to just involve people from the community and get people to inspire fitness, challenging disability and changing life. You still remember? That hasn't changed. And no. I think what is so good about it is to see the money go back in and make such an impact for folks. Yeah. I appreciate it. I mean, your energy over those years was significant. Yeah. Uh, I still am like sometimes. I think people don't realize either as big as that fundraisers for you guys. Yeah. You have a full time team working year round on it because it, it yeah. became so big. Yeah. Yeah. Charlotte, Aaron, Aaron Peggy, Peggy, the whole yep. crew. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I mean, it wasn't a day went by during the campaign where you weren't calling and saying so and so like the Mattioli family want to invest in this yeah. or our sponsors, Mohegan yeah. Sun, Mohegan Pocono has yeah. been uh, Mohegan, Mohegan Sun PA, PA. Yeah. Mohegan Sun PA uh, investor every year. Northeast Rehab Associates, these Weiss markets, they yes. wanted to invest. They got some visibility out of it. They all had people that participated with us. Yeah. It wasn't just the money. Yeah. For those corporate sponsors who continue to this day, it's about their involvement. And you involve them. We continue to involve them. Uh, I remember uh, talking with a couple of people saying, yeah, you know, we're Weiss Markets, we're bakers. And no, there are people, dietitians and store managers yeah. and people who really want to participate in this event, both for the visibility, the purpose. We're back to that same mm -hmm. word. People purpose not for people and the and the value of feeling like you are making a significant difference both in terms of the fundraising and involvement so we created that together and we continue that today uh november will be year 14 14 yeah it's hard it's, to believe it's crazy i the one thing i want to come back to is you talk about you know community over and over again that's such a thread woven through allied yes. to be involved in the community ingrained in it but i think what is so Amazing what you guys do is you partner with so many organizations to team up and support events. Perfect example, Allied has such an amazing relationship with Northeast Rehab. Yes. Such an incredible team of people who are constantly, every time I look at a community event, a charity event, there's They're your there. logo, there's yeah. there, there's Northeast Rehab's logo, your logo. Yeah. Why do you think, and I feel like a lot of those relationships evolved with you in the fundraising leadership capacity. Why was that so important to say, hey, we're going to partner up with other businesses for yeah. things. We're going to, you know, team up to not only improve patient care, 
but also let's make this area a better place to live. Well, it starts. How did with, you break those walls down? Because yeah. some companies would be like, "Now nah, we're good. We don't want to nah, talk to you." That still exists. Yeah, but it starts with local people who care about this region. You know, our president and CEO was born and raised in this area. Bill yeah. Conaboy, yeah. he loves Allied. He loves the community. He lives that, so he also expects the same of the organization. And I should chime in, by the way. I heard the best description of Bill Conaboy the other day, who I think the world of. He's very presidential. Yes. Right? Every, the, just, the way, just the way he carries myself. And I go, I hope I give speeches like Bill does. Because when he talks, I'm like, man, that was good. <laughs> He's but, great. But, but Bill Bill leads <laughs> yeah. that. And, and, and yeah. as does Dr. Jenelez at Northeast Rehab and the partners there, Lisa, Gatto. But how did you get to that point where you said, let's look, we know we're, other, we're all businesses, right? We are a nonprofit, right. right? But how did you say, you know, we can improve patients' lives and make this community better if we team up? Because so many companies, and it still exists today, right. no, we don't need you. Right. Well, there's two separate things. I think if the business side is, we're very complimentary. Northeast Rehab is the physiatrists. They, they oversee medical care. Physical and pain. Physical pain. Man, man, They'll do, yeah. They do injections and, and services, et cetera, but they also oversee the patient care in our rehab hospitals. Yeah. So there's a benefit there. There's a, comp, a very mutual beneficial relationship for the success of patients that come through rehab. But at the same time, that that is the business side. The community side is two organizations that care about the community, yeah. whether it's Allied and Northeast Rehab, and it's involving, uh, like, for example, the Wyoming Valley Run, partners in that and sponsors and supporting. Or if it's, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I think about this, the Heart and Stroke Walk. You know, last year, mm -hmm. um, Bill Dempsey chaired the walk. I chaired it the year before. And, of course, Bill from Northeast Rehab. Bill, Bill Dempsey yeah. from Northeast Rehab. And right. so I think— um, It's another testament, though, that yeah. so many of these companies, you know, are so involved in other organizations because it's ultimately making people's lives better. Yes, that's exactly it. And we care about the community. We know that there's those less fortunate in the community. We know there's people that need us. So if we're able to invest in something that's going to make the community better, you you see those partnerships. And, and ironically, you said— it. There's a lot of the same people and businesses that come together for those same purposes. So there's a business side of it and there's a community side, and we're fortunate to be a part of both of those. Now, look, I think nobody would argue if they live in Northeastern Pennsylvania, you were like a fundraising juggernaut, right? Raising millions of dollars with great support in the team and allied Teams. services. But for people who see this, who are trying to fundraise for their own cause, mm -hmm. what is your gym approach going into meetings to sell stuff? Because I always jokingly told you, you could talk a dog off a mm -hmm. meat trike. A dog off a meat trike. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, you're good. So how do you navigate that? Because people who yeah. are trying to grow with fundraising efforts, how do you do it? Like so, you. Right. So first of all, you have to have a purpose of what you're raising money for and something that you truly and undoubtedly believe in. So I can't just fundraise for anything. I have to believe in it. And then you're living it. You're living it through engaging other people. You bring people into the, the circles, the spheres of influence. I had these conversations with graduates of Leadership Northeast. I've been on the board there for years. And one of the discussions is about fundraising because you ask the group, their goal is not fundraising. Their goal is engaging themselves in the community. But ultimately, they're raising money for a, a partner or a, a nonprofit in the community. And as they get together, I talk about your spheres of influence, like the fundraising cycle. You have to be able to identify cultivate, you have to have stewardship, and then you have to think. You know, when we think about the, the fundraising cycle, and I could show you a graphic, you cannot do, unless you do all the elements and they're identifying somebody who cares the same way as you do, to volunteer to help raise money. 
Jim Brogna doesn't do any of this all on his own. We have all these people, both volunteers, whether they're running in the marathon team or people out asking for support because they care about what Allied Services do, does. Um, the, the opportunity to cultivate. Sometimes people don't realize why you need the money. So you cultivate them. You explain to them. Everybody wants to be educated about something they care about. And, and the cultivation ultimately leads through solicitation, asking people. Now, we're bombarded with messages every day. I can only imagine how many messages you get in a day. Something has to rise above the average message to hit me personally, emotionally, to drive me to want to make a contribution. You know, And so those are the elements of the fundraising cycle that I tell everybody. You have it whether it's your church, if it's a nonprofit that you're involved with, whatever you're involved with. But you have to be able to study your groups and your spheres of influence and how you can bring people together. And as long as you're as passionate about the cause that you're raising money for, you could be just as successful as any fundraising executive. But you have to follow that fundraising cycle and make sure you're engaging people in the process. Coming back, when we talk about like just your fundraising efforts with an allied, right? Now, Team Allied Services and you to help continue to purchase cutting-edge rehab yep. technology uh, to help improve people's lives. Why is it still so important for you to be involved in all their all these other nonprofits. I feel like you're busy enough. I feel like your yeah. wife too, Laura, uh, who I adore, would be like, you're already doing, t you're involved. Like literally I look at you and I see your stuff on social media. I'm like, I don't know when this guy sleeps. You're involved mm -hmm. in so many other nonprofits and organizations. Like what's your why behind that? Because there's a, there's, like, when do you shut it off? Yeah, I'm trying to, I, we've known each other for such a long time. Yeah. I always talk about this. My mother passed away when I was young. I was six and my brother was seven. And so life is short. I learned that at a young age. Uh, my family supported me. My, fa my, my parent, my father, my brother, my extended family, my grandmothers and grandfathers. And I, my dad said, you weren't that motivated back then. But something triggered in my life, remembering my mother and remembering your purpose in life. And I feel like, you know, you could sleep at the end of your life. Like I literally have driven every day. And again, I ha still believe in the organizations that I'm helping, whether it's Unico Scranton, whether it's the Stroke, you know, Stroke and Heart Association. I believe in what we're doing and I have purpose. And, and ironically too, is I don't think one takes away from the other. It's amazing that people that are involved with one organization want to help another. You know, I joke and say, well, someone says you spend a lot of time with Unico. It's an Italian-American service organization. They're the number one people to call me that need allied. They're also the first people to kick in money and support when we have a need. So in a way, these things intersect when, when you have the same common like-minded people that care about the community. So I think it goes back to my upbringing, uh, loss of my mom at a young age, my grandmother helped raise me in the right way, and thinking about always about what I could do today that could have purpose and make a difference. And I relax, believe me. Um, but, but the reality is, is it's easy to drive, have that purpose to drive and help an, any organization when you care about it. And knowing that when you're done on this earth, it's the things that, you know, certainly your family is everything. And then what impact did you make in your life? And I don't want to have the longest obituary. I want to have people that say that it was a good man. He did a lot of good for the community. And as long as I could leave that kind of impact, whether it's this year or 50 years from now, I hope, um, it'll, it'll give me the feeling of 
comfort that I live my mom's legacy and carry it on our family name and really made a difference. Yeah, and the nonstop go, go, go that you have, right, with all these nonprofits and charities. You know, I have to say what's always so commendable, gosh, your family's like right behind you. Mm. I want to say pretty much if they're not at work, right, you have three beautiful daughters. Thank you. Beautiful wife, Laura, who I love. What do they think? Do they ever say like, because you still make the soccer games. Yeah. I'm amazed. Yeah. Like, I'm like, where does this guy find You have time? to ask my wife about that because sometimes I'm late, right? She gets them the practices and stuff. Yeah. Look, two, my two older daughters, Talia and Gianna, yeah, love them. are both in healthcare. Yeah. I'm mm. not a healthcare clinician, yeah. but they're healthcare professionals because they see the difference that you can make. And they volunteer for so many different things. They have come along the way. And then Mariana, our, our third uh, and beautiful 11-year-old uh, daughter, um, uh, yeah, they were born and raised in helping the community, volunteering, you know, what, whatever it's for. During the pandemic, Mariana did a TikTok with the, uh, with the Ryan's Run jersey. Um, you know, we were trying to figure out what – she did a TikTok video to promote the campaign yeah. because I said, you're helping us tell the story to the younger generation yeah. as well. And so I feel like we have them involved. I'm very grateful for my wife. Uh, blessed to have three awesome daughters and, and a great family who supports everything that I do. What's ahead for you? What's the some of the stuff? Because the healthcare landscape, it seems like it's constantly changing. Yeah. What's your, I don't know, two-year, five-year plan that you're like, here's what we want to be on top of so we don't miss anything? Yeah, I mean, Allied Services is going to continue to serve needs that are maybe even not identified yet in the community. Uh, what we, we don't realize is everything doesn't have an Allied logo on it, that Allied makes a difference. We have services like mental health, um, residential programs. These are people that are their families don't want them in a hospital or in a facility, and they live in a residential program, and they're supported by compassionate and dedicated people helping them regain their independence in life. Uh, we have uh, people who work in developmental disabilities, intellectual disabilities programs, 100 plus people that live in our dormitory. There's not an Allied logo on those residential facilities, but they live the Allied mission. So every time we can serve a person's needs in this community, uh, we're going to do that. And we're gonna do it as best as we possibly can with the greatest people and with the greatest care. So I think those there are unmet uh, future opportunities that we will meet those challenges. Uh, but as long as we continue to deliver the highest quality care and all of our levels of care, um, that will be our future. It's a two, it's a five, and it's a 50-year plan. I also think, though, you just mentioned about adapting and yeah. being like uh, staying up with the times and technology and everything. That was something I found interesting. You know, we even partnered recently for Allied Services Center City Skilled Nursing yes. in Wilkesbury. But this place, what I was amazed when you walk in, you're like, is this going to look like a nursing home? The place looked like uh, a really nice, fancy hotel. <laughs> so for you guys, I think like you're just you're changing the game and yeah. the look of these places because you want them to have a feeling of home, but minus that quote nursing home atmosphere. And the nursing home is someone's home. Yeah. Whether it's short-term or long-term yeah. care, that's what we have in our skilled nursing environments. It's the mission. We're always reinvesting in our facilities. We're, we are the Luzerne County and Lackawanna County nursing home landscape is decreasing both by facilities closing and reduced bed access, and Allied is increasing. It's increasing its uh, availability of services. It's increasing the quality of the environments. And so we're... I guess you could say we're ahead of the curve in that regard. But if you wanted to choose a nursing home, you're not going to choose any other nursing home other than one of the allied skilled facilities, whether it's Center City or Mead Street facility that was the former Little Flower Manor. We've totally transformed those facilities. And then our flagship on our Scranton campus, Allied Services Skilled Nursing Center, is the largest nursing home in the entire region. 
but as large as it is, it has heart. It has beautiful internal space. It has people that care, and we're always reinvesting in the residents' care at those facilities. So if I, again, I think about, as I said, my mom, my grandparents, I, I want us and we want our places to be places that you're proud to have your own family there. So it's good enough for our family. It's good enough for everybody in the community. And you saw it firsthand, the renovations at Center City Skilled in Wilkes-Barre. I was like, dang, I would live here. <laughs> Did people think you were crazy when you guys kind of pitched those ideas that made it look like, I mean, it looked like a hotel you would see sort well, of in New York City? Well, first of all, it's leadership. Our board mm -hmm. of directors believes in what we're doing. Yeah. And they constantly support our leadership ideas. And they know that Allied's going to do what's right for the community. So the reinvestment of those facilities is driven by our skilled leadership and our, our overall leadership, uh, as we said, led by Bill. But the idea is saying we're going to reinvest in this because it's important for the community and we're going to do it the best that we possibly can. I had nothing to do with the designs. I'm just so proud to share what that looks like. Again, I would ask my, have my loved ones there, my family. So I certainly believe it's good enough for everybody else in the community and the highest quality standard. So we've increased the accessibility to long-term skilled care in Wilkes-Barre by expanding that facility. And the rest of, as I said, the rest of Luzerne County is decreasing in nursing home access. We're increasing access. We're bringing higher pay wages. We're bringing new staff in. We're bringing the technology and we're bringing the highest quality, most beautiful skilled nursing environments to Luzerne and Lackawanna County. And we're going to continue to do that the takeaways i want to leave people with because you've been on the other side now for so long developing partnerships and relationships what would you say to people and companies who feel like another corporation might be able to like basically one hand washes the other help level up encourage them to have those conversations because okay. i said you were in a, in, a, in, a, in a position at a company where people were like why you got to talk to all these other people right. and you're developing partnerships but yes. it's changing lives yes what would your message be to those people like like if you're running a company, yeah. your VP, why have those conversations to kind of break down those walls? There's a uh, there's a marathon saying, um, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go farther, go together. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And I think the partnerships that we have and the, those that we developed uh, allow our community, not just allied services and our residents and our patients, to go farther. So I feel really strongly, I know we do for years, about building relationships that help everybody. It's a win-win then. But you want to go you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go farther, we go together. And speaking of going together, before we wrap up, you guys are continuing to invest in cutting edge rehabilitation technology really to help out hundreds of people in Northeastern yeah. and Central Pennsylvania. The best way to do that is with Team Allied Services and you. Yeah, I appreciate so that. So when this podcast launched, it's going to be the fall. Okay. What would be your message to people to support the campaign? Well, again, I hope you're motivated by having your life touched by some part of Allied. And you can make a donation to support the, the part of Allied that has impacted your life. It could be pediatric. It could be stroke rehab. It could be home care. It could be developmental services in some of these programs that we talked about that don't get the visibility, or it could be end-of-life care. If we impacted your family's life and you could make a donation, you're paying it forward to help us deliver that care for those others in need in the community. Remember, a nonprofit takes care of everybody, regardless of your insurance, regardless of what the reimbursement is. So if we're going to continue that highest standard of care, the people, the technology, and the facilities, we need the community support to continue to do that. Anything I missed you want to jump in on? I mean, no. we, I could talk to you for a long I know. time. I, I, I'm actually glad you sat time. still this long 
because you have the attention span of a gnat, kind of like me. It's We're just, all over the place, but I think that's what works to our favor. That's it, our superpower. It's, it's what drives us. I'm so glad that we have this friendship for so many years, yeah. and I know it's going to continue for many more. And I can't wait to invite myself back to your house for amazing Italian eats. We, 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 yeah. we have we got to clean the kitchen. <laughs> Every time I talk to that, Jim, I'm like, can I come over? He's like, yeah. oh my gosh, you're inviting yourself over uh, again. You know, you're always a guest at but, our house. I know, but I always say you're such a mover and a shaker, but you know what I've learned from you, right, is obviously like putting your purpose first. Like, what's your why on why you're yeah. doing it? And then more importantly, don't be afraid sometimes to have those conversations. Yeah. And like when it came to fundraising, right? Sometimes make the ask what somebody, the worst they could say, say is, is no, no. Because so many people can connect to a story. I agree. I totally agree. And and thank you for our friendship and all you've done for, for Ally, but also this community. Uh, it's been such a significant ride. And even though this is a new chapter, it's a really big, successful new chapter for you. And I know our relationship's going to continue for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And I have to, I'll leave you with this. You kept mentioning sustainability, yeah. right? With every company yes. with Ally. Like the thing that has always impressed me by getting to work with you guys on the charity campaign aspect yeah. is just how so how so many of your team members have been there for like 30 plus years. Yeah. Right. And I always tell people if like you're at an organization and you're not digging it, nobody stays at an organization no. that long when they don't love it. And your team, I have to say, you mentioned earlier the podcast, this shoulder surgery I had and getting yeah. me back. Like, wouldn't have done it without the physical therapist, Lori Ashman-Williams. So yeah. I always have a special place. I mean, She's outstanding. And I think the amazing thing with nonprofits is the relationships families and people can develop with that organization. Mm -hmm. Like for you guys, it's the relationship families might develop with people working at the hospice facility yeah. or the inpatient rehab. And I think after working with you for like 13 years, you know, what started as like a business relationship helping a charity, like it became like another family. Yeah. And well, I know companies will be like, oh, we're a family. And you guys say that. But like, I feel that when I walk in and I've got to know so many of your amazing you people. mentioned Lori. just a little example there because yeah. she helped you yeah regain your independence and your shoulder and you have big goals obviously for that Lori ended up using the services when she had a traumatic injury yeah. and and to rely on your peers to get you better and she's one of the most gifted and skilled mm -hmm. clinicians and is now back treating um i say this not all therapy not all physical therapy is the same if you have a shoulder if you have parkinson's if you had a stroke i want just the same way you sought out your shoulder surgeon, mm -hmm. the best. I want the therapist that has the greatest skills, not just any therapist. I want the one who has the specialization that's going to make a difference in my condition or my diagnosis and, and has all these certifications. And we have those people. So I would say that's my closing thought about you and, and the successes. Seek that person, not just a referral based on what someone tells you to go see. Do your research the same way you would do for a surgery on your post-acute. If you do that research, you're going to find the people, many of which are at Allied Services, that are going to make a difference in your recovery to independence. All right. You're the man. Thanks, buddy. Good to see you. And don't Thank forget, you. you can follow Allied Services across all social media, yeah. learn more about Team Allied Services, and you know all the great things you guys are doing to help change lives across Northeastern and Central Pennsylvania. Thank so you. shout out to my boy, Jim Brogan, and shout out to you for checking out another episode of The Ryan Lanky Show. See you soon.